Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. of wicked another wednesday the most wonderful day of the week because you get to listen to us fo show fo shizzle she nizzle okay so so ashley what do we have going on this week anything exciting i moved yet again yay we're gonna hopefully have a podcasting room yay um, yeah, that's really it. It's about all we got. Our lives are a mess right now. Ashley's phone's about to die. My phone also just came up with a low battery signal, so might die in the middle of this podcast. And as you guys know, my computer's broken. So we've had to, like, rig it to record because we record away from each other. In order to record, we have to, like, FaceTime on our phones and then record on our computers. It's a whole big thing. Yeah. I have a static, like, electrical noise in my ear every time Sierra talks. I might vomit. That's only new today. That doesn't no, normally I'm, occur. I'm saying today. You said we're a mess. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are a mess. We are a mess. But it's okay. We're going to get through it. Uh, I wanted to give you guys an update on Angel Bumpus, but I can't find any updates. Oh. Like, I've been checking nonstop, and I cannot find anything. All I can find is that, like, she's out on bail, and that she has been given a, a like, she's won her appeal, and that she's getting a new court date, and that's really all hmm. I can find. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I can't find anything, so... As soon as I find something, I'll let you know, but I'm not finding any information. And if you guys find anything, let us know. Yeah, that would be nice. But anyway, so we don't have anything going on. So you guys just do the things, you know? We're going to go to www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked, where you can uh, monetarily support our podcast if you like what you hear. You can also head on over to Facebook or Instagram at weekly dose of wicked. Give us a like, give us a follow. We also have a Twitter. What do you do at Twitter? You like, you follow, what do you do? I think you follow. All right, sounds good. Follow us on Twitter. Um, send us an email at weeklydoseofwicked at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Send us a letter in our P.O. box. Which is available uh, on our Instagram page. It's P.O. Box 1142, China Grove, North Carolina. I don't know what the zip code is, so. But you can Google it. It's on Instagram. Yeah, you can Google it for sure, but it's on Instagram. Uh, And as always, give us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcast. We love them. We love the ratings and reviews. Yes, we do. All right, well, without further ado, today is April 5th. So uh, let's go ahead and jump on into this case that you've prepared for me. I hope it's lovely. I just wanted to say that... um, I think this room might be kind of echoey, kind of echoey, because there's nothing in my podcast room yet, so I'm sorry if it is echoey. Hopefully not. You're probably not going to be able to edit that out, and so they're just going to have to listen to echoes. Well, we're going to okay. hope for the best. This episode might be a disaster, but if it is, that makes sense, because this case is a disaster. So Yeah. Here we go. All right, let's do it. So on September 16, 2004, Mary Lou Jones had been trying to get in contact with her daughter, Michelle Jones, for three days. Mary Lou lived in North Carolina, and Michelle lived in Florida, so they talked on the phone very regularly, and it was very unusual for her to not hear from her daughter at least once a day, if not more. So it had been three days, Mary Lou hadn't heard from her, so she's getting pretty worried, and she calls Michelle's friend, Debbie. She's a longtime friend of Michelle's, and Debbie hasn't heard from her either. So, they talk. Debbie's going to go to Michelle's house. She has a key. She's going to check on her. She calls her friend Lisa to go with her. And they get to Michelle's house. And they see cars in the driveway, but there's no answer at the door. 
Um, standing at the door, they don't even hear any noises inside the house. So she inserts her key into the door, but it won't unlock. So they begin to walk around the house, knocking on the windows, nothing. They reach in the, to the garage, and they look in through the windows, and they see Michelle's uncle, Charlie Brandt, hanging from the ceiling by a bedsheet. Oh, no. I know this case. Oh, do you? Yes. Yeah, it's a horrible one. You told me I probably knew the case, and I was like, no, I have no idea who that is. But no, I definitely know this case, now that you just said that. It's kind of weird that her key didn't work, though, right? Right. Very weird. Like, super weird. It's not like the locks got changed. Right. Nope. Hmm. So they call 911, and when they get there, they use Debbie's key to get in the house. And it unlocks? Yep. Huh. So the key works just fine, but Debbie's going to get it to work, so... That's probably a divine intervention. Yes, definitely what I was thinking. So the police enter the home and they find that Charlie's wife, Terry, is slumped over on the couch with seven stab wounds to the chest and Michelle is in the master bedroom. The sight was so horrific that officers on the scene had to run out of the house and vomit before they could continue their work. Michelle's body was on the bed with one stab wound to the chest, which was her cause of death. And after her death, her head was decapitated and laid next to her body. Her breasts were severed and her body was cut open with her organs removed and placed around her body. Her intestines were taken out and put into a nearby trash can. And her room was littered with multiple pairs of her bra and panties. The police went outside to talk with Debbie and Lisa. After giving them the description of who they found, they confirmed who the three people were inside. The women called Michelle's parents, and they gave them the devastating news themselves. And during the initial investigation, there were no signs of forced entry. Um, Charlie died by hanging. It was pretty apparent to the police that it was a murder-suicide by Charlie. So it didn't really make sense to anyone that Charlie was the one who did it. He was happily married. He was a really normal dude. There were no warning signs. Charlie and his wife, Terry, had been staying with their niece, Michelle, um, for a little while because a hurricane was coming to the part in Florida where they had lived. So reluctantly, Charlie boarded up their house and they traveled inland six hours to stay with Michelle to ride out the storm. During uh, the few days that they were there, it was apparent that Charlie didn't want to be there. He wanted to go home. He made that very aware to everyone. Um, He visited his family while he was there. And they said the same thing, that, you know, he didn't want to be there, and he made it known to them that he didn't want to be there. So, according to his family, um, Charlie and Terry had planned to leave the 12th to go back home. But something changed, and Charlie decided that he wanted to stay one more day. And after insisting the whole time that he wanted to leave, that was pretty weird. And then the 13th is the day that um, they had died. Yeah, I would agree that is weird considering he wanted to leave. Also, though, I do know this case, I think, pretty well. I don't ever recall um, hearing that he wanted to leave, though. I mean, everything that I read said that, like, he didn't want to be there. He didn't really want to evacuate his house. That, um, like, he boarded it up because Terry wanted him to, that he didn't want to leave. Interesting. I mean, that could very well not be true but that's what i found in my research yeah so pretty immediately um the police questioned charlie's sister angela who was brought in to help get a background on charlie's life and one of the first things angela told the police was that she has something that she feels that they need to hear before they go any further she tells the i police, wonder what it could be <laughs> clearly you know I do know. So she, dun, dun, dun. She told the police that her brother had murdered before, which came to quite a shock to the police because they looked at his record and it was completely clean. Maybe because he was a minor and it was expunged from his record. That's exactly what happened. He was a child and they were sealed. Mm-hmm. So she told a wild story. On January 3rd, 1971, it was a normal day for the Brant family. Angela, 15, Charlie, 13, and their two small sisters. I couldn't find exact ages on them but everywhere just said that they were small children. They were with their parents, all watching TV together in their home in Fort Wayne, Indiana. After they watched whatever they were watching on TV, Angela went to her room to read, the girls went to bed, 
and the parents went to the bathroom to get ready for bed. Um, the mom was pregnant at the time. She decided to take a bath while their dad was doing his nightly routine in the bathroom at the sink. Mm-hmm. Charlie walked into the bathroom, shot his dad once in the back, and then went over to his mom over the tub and shot her five times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. He's only 13 at this time. Mm-hmm. So Angela recalls, And there's, like, no reason. Like, he just did had no reason, right? right? Yep, no reason at all. So Angela recalls hearing what she thought was fireworks and her dad yelling at Charlie from her bedroom. When she got mm-hmm. up to investigate, Charlie was standing in her doorway with something in his hand. She heard a click, mm-hmm. and then she realized that it was actually a gun, and he was trying to shoot her. Yes. But for some reason, the gun didn't go off. I don't know if it didn't have any bullets or if, like, it jammed or, like what happened but it didn't shoot her mm-hmm. she says that um she's not sure exactly what happened but then they got into like some sort of a physical altercation and that she did end up getting the gun out of his hand she says what well, while that was happening he had like this crazed glossy look in his eyes and then all of a sudden it changed and he snapped out of whatever trance like state he was in mm-hmm. he started frantically asking her what happened And she told him that she didn't really know, but she felt like they needed to leave. She said that she knew that she um, had to stay calm and be on his side or he might snap again and hurt her and her sisters. Mm -hmm. But she said that she remembers it was cold outside, so she sent him upstairs to go get some blankets for them to wrap up the girls in. So he listens to her and goes up to get them, but he climbs the stairs backwards. So he stares at her the whole way up and kept asking her, you're not going to leave me, right? So, of course, she said, no, I'm not going to leave you, I promise. And when he's far enough up the stairs, she takes off running out the door. She goes running through the snow, barefoot, bloody, and bruised in her nightgown. And she goes to a neighbor's house. Just when she's about to reach this neighbor's house, she sees Charlie gaining on her, pleading with her, saying, Angie, you promised you wouldn't leave me. And she continues anyways to the next house. Charlie approached the first house that they came to, and he knocks on the door very calmly and tells them, I just shot my parents. So the police and EMS arrive very quickly. Um, Their father was able to be revived, but their mom and the unborn baby both died. Well, yeah, he shot her five times. Yes, a little excessive. Uh, yeah. More than a little. So, um, because of this, Charlie underwent three different psychological exams, and all of Mm -hmm. them came back to say that, you know, he was just a normal boy, they didn't really know what happened, they didn't see any signs of any psychological issues, that it was just like a snap of unexplained reasons. Mm Mm-hmm. So, no known reasons he would do it. His dad said that he had no idea why he would do this. He was a really normal kid. He showed no signs of psychological issues. He got good grades. He never was a troublemaker. And he was actually a really big mama's boy, so it didn't make sense, like, at all that he would do this to his mom, of all people. Yeah, I recall, like, I can recall hearing this and them saying that, like, his dad was like, but Charlie's a good boy. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, like, his dad was like, I just don't understand. Like, he never has done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, at this time in the 70s, um, a child couldn't be tried for murder. So, yes. instead of going to prison, he was sent to a psych hospital. Mm-hmm. But he was actually only there for a year. And then his dad fought to get him released. So, from what I found, it doesn't really sound like he was there for a year, they felt like they had it under control, and they decided to release him, but instead his dad insisted that he was released. Which seems a little crazy to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as a parent, okay. I don't know. I don't know what what you do in that situation. I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't know. It's really hard for me to judge parents and their, like, parenting decisions when it comes to things like this. Right. Because obviously I can never fathom one of my children just, like, going crazy and trying to kill me and Jacob. Right. 
but I cannot say that if one of them did, that I want to still, like, be on their side and love them and, like, not want them to be locked up. Yeah, I could see that. But also, he has three other children. Right. Well, right. I know. Like, that would be a really hard decision. Yes, it would be a very difficult decision. Um, And also, I think it would be a really hard decision to make, considering that his wife is dead. Right. Right, and he's all on his own. Right, like he's on his own, fathering four children. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's hard. I mean, I always think, there, there's a lot of cases where, like, the kids are clearly in the wrong. Right. And the parents continue to stand by their sides. Yeah, and, like, as a not-parent, I'm like, I don't understand, but. As a parent, I mean, I think that that's a difficult – it's very difficult. I, I can't imagine. I cannot fathom being put in that situation. I hope that I'm never put in any kind of situation, like, where I have to choose between my children or make that kind – I mean, no, I don't I don't ever want to do that. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty terrible. So after he gets out of the hospital, um, the family moved to Florida. And mm-hmm. one year after that, he remarried. And then moved his family back to Indiana. Yeah. Um, but Charlie didn't go with them. He stayed in Florida and lived with his grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really find anything that specifically said why he was left behind. I assume it's because of the incident, but. I would assume so. But there's. I think really... that's hard to come back from. I mean, yeah, probably. Maybe the safety of the other kids or, you know, maybe the new wife was like. Laying down the law? I don't know. I don't know. But um, there's really not anything about his childhood either. But um, I did read from his sister that pretty much after the, um, the incident, that his family basically just, like, covered it up. It was a dark family secret, and they never talked about it again. Well, yeah. Which, that'd be pretty crazy. To just be like, oh, my brother tried to kill my parents, but... Well, there are a lot of families that do that, so... Yeah. No big deal. Like, crazy to me. I mean, not even just, like, that situation, but just there's a lot of families that, like, have these, like, dark family secrets that they just ignore. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's probably pretty normal, but it's just crazy. Blows my mind. So, the police looked into this incident, um, or story from Angela, and it did check out. It was the truth. Um, so they began to look even farther into Charlie. I would hope it was the truth. I mean, did they think she just, like, made it up? I don't know. That's a pretty crazy story to make up. I mean, it's a pretty crazy story in general, so. Yeah. So, because of that and the um, nature of this crime, it was very neat and meticulous. So they just really didn't believe that this was his um, second murder. Right. They believed that he had killed multiple other times before. Right. After talking with many friends and family and coworkers, um, it seemed that Charlie had a lot of strange things about him. And when by themselves, they weren't like a huge deal. But when you kind of put them all together, not great. Angela um, had told police that pretty much her whole life, she was afraid of her brother. And any time he came to visit her, she locked and barricaded her door. Which, I don't blame her. Um, he had some really odd decor in his bedroom. On the back side of his door, he had an anatomy poster. Like, a full human body showing, like, muscles and bones. Basically what you would see in, like, your high school biology class or anatomy class. Mm-hmm. But he was an engineer that worked with the radar systems. Not really anything, like, medical or biology or anything like that. But... Even if he was, I mean, I think that's pretty weird decor to have in your home. Uh, yeah. I mean, because he didn't have any reason, like, professionally. Well, I mean, even if it is, like, I think that's weird to have in your house. But maybe that's just me being judgmental. I don't know. I think it depends on your profession. I mean, I feel like if you're a doctor, that's not weird. I feel like if you're a doctor, you see that all day. You don't want that in your bedroom. Agree to disagree. (laughs) Okay. So he also had anatomy books. In his house, which again, weird. He was an engineer. Well, I'm a true crime podcaster and my house is full of true crime books, so. Okay, but that's related to your career. Anatomy right. is not related to engineering. Is I don't I'm know saying. why I said that. 
I was still thinking more on like the um. You said the doctor. Like I was like, oh, if it was a doctor, then it wouldn't be weird. You're like, no, he's not a doctor. He's an engineer. He has anatomy. You're right. If it was a doctor and he had anatomy books, then yeah, cool. Maybe he was just infatuated with the human anatomy. Uh, He was obviously, but not a good fascination. He also had a lot of magazine subscriptions to Victoria's Secret, and they were all addressed to him, not his wife. (laughs) Okay. And some of his co-workers told the police about how they felt that he was kind of obsessed with his niece, Michelle. They said that he talked about her all the time. Uh, He never approved of her relationships. And he even had a nickname for her and called her Victoria's Secret. Yeah, it's creepy. Um, his niece, Michelle, was his wife's niece, though, correct? I believe so, yes. Well, it's not Angela's daughter. His sister. Yeah, but he has two little sisters, too. Yeah, but I'm fairly positive that um, his wife, it was his wife's sister. No, I believe daughter. it was as well. I'm just saying that it could have been his little sisters, but I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I believe it was because, t- like, Terry's the one that wanted to, like, evacuate and whatever. Like, I think it's, like, her family that they went to. Yes. I'm fairly positive that that's accurate. I also think it's super sad. I don't know. Do you talk about this? Um, Like, Michelle was really excited for them to visit her. Yeah. No, I don't really talk about that. Okay. Like, she was super excited for them. Like, I do know that. She was very excited for them to visit her. She even, like, had friends, like, who she had told her friends, like, come over and stuff. Yeah. To, like, see them because they're, like, her cool aunt and uncle. And then. Yeah. Yeah. No. Her uncle wasn't that cool. No. No, not cool at all. No, um, one of her friend Lisa, I'm pretty sure, is the one that was supposed to come over to meet her aunt and uncle. And then um, there was like the night that she was supposed to come over, uh, Charlie and Terry had like drank a little too much and like started like bickering and fighting. And so she was like, oh, we'll just wait and come over another night and meet them. Right. Yeah, really sad. Michelle was, yeah, pretty excited. I should have added yeah. that. That would have been a good thing to add, but that's okay. Yeah. You added Good thing it I just talked me. about it for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, Victoria's Secret, inappropriate nickname. Um, he had numerous internet searches for autopsy images, like snuff films, necrophilia sites, like torture mm-hmm. videos things like that the police also talked to his best friend jim who told police that he um, didn't know about the murder of charlie's mom that he was um pretty much the only one outside of their family that knew mm-hmm. he was actually previously married to angela in the 80s and that um she had told him their family secret before they got married angela and jim ended up separating but jim and charlie remained best friends Soon after the separation, um, Jim had came to spend some time with his best friend and just kind of do what you do after a breakup, you know, have fun, be carefree, try to forget about it. And Jim recalls that one day they went fishing together and he was mad talking about Angela and Charlie piped in and said, you know what is the perfect revenge? Kill somebody, cut their heart out and eat it. Yeah. (laughs) Which, like, number one is super weird to say about anyone, but number two is super weird to say about your own sister. Right. Yeah. I mean, also weird because uh, he killed someone before. And Jim knew. Right. Right, but I don't think he knew that Jim knew. I don't know that he knew at this point if Jim knew or not, but he knew eventually that Jim knew. Gotcha. Yeah, super weird thing to say. I would agree. Super weird thing to say whether you've killed someone or not, though. Yeah, I talk about it later. I'm not sure where in my um, timeline that I talk about it. But you know that um, Charlie knows that Jim knows because um, Jim actually set up Charlie and Terry. Like, they were mm-hmm. friends first. And he set them up. And then when he, like, they fell in love and he was going to ask her to marry him, he said, like, you know, you need to, does she know? And mm-hmm. Charlie was like, no, I don't want to tell her. And he's like, well, you have right. to or I'm going to. Right. And he was like, okay, I will. So, 
Yeah. I mean, at some It's not confirmed, though, that he ever told her. Right. No, it's not. Yeah. Okay. I do remember that now that you said that. Yeah, so it's not confirmed that he told her. He said that, like, he's pretty sure that he told her because he said he would. But then also... um, (laughs) That doesn't mean anything. Just because he said he would doesn't mean anything. He literally shot his mother five times, shot his father. Um, That means nothing. And then he also, you know, killed his wife and his niece. Well, yeah, but he didn't know that that was going to happen yet. It doesn't matter. Well, anyways, he... I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him, which isn't very far because I'm not very strong. I mean, me either, but he did. Jim trusted Charlie. And also, let me see if I can... So, I wrote that Jim says that multiple times over the years, Charlie and Terry both implied that she knew. And one example that he could think of was one time they were talking about having kids. And Terry Mm -hmm. said, considering everything, she didn't think it was a good idea. So, he took that to mean that she knew about Charlie's mom. Okay, but that does not mean that. No, that doesn't mean that at all. That literally means anything. Considering everything that's going on, like... She literally could be like, considering everything is probably not an idea. He could have been like, oh, my mother died of, she killed herself because my sister died of SIDS. Like, you never know what he told her. Right. Okay, but also, she never said anything about, like, considering everything with his mom. Like, she just said considering everything. They could have been having bad financial times. They could have been working really long hours. They could have been not near their family. I mean, like, there's a lot of things that you could be considering. It's anything. Right. Right. So, yeah. And then the police asked Agreed. Terry's family, like, if if they thought that she knew. And her family was like, no, absolutely not. There's no way that she knew. Because if she knew, right. number one, she would have told us because we don't keep mm-hmm. secrets. And number two, she wouldn't have stayed with that psychopath. Right. And also, like, that's a huge secret. Yeah. To not tell anyone. Right. Like, I definitely feel like, like I would have told at least, you know, my sister, my best friend, like. Yeah. Somebody. I agree. I mean, like, there's a there's a fine line between, like, okay, obviously, like, your loyalty should lie to your spouse. Right. So, you know, I mean, if he had something that had happened in his past, he didn't want other people to know, and he, like, you know, told her in confidence and didn't want her to tell anyone, like, that's one thing. But, like, that's a huge thing. Right. To not tell anyone. And to just be completely... So even if maybe maybe he did tell her, but, like, maybe he told her, like, a sugar-coated version. Right. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's crazy. Like, that, like, something, like, accidentally happened. Right. Like, maybe he told her, like, uh, I don't know, that he accidentally... Yeah, I mean, he accidentally shot his mom, or... I don't know. I, there's no telling what this dude told her. If he told her there's anything. No, yeah. Right. But there's literally no proof that he told her anything other than he told Jim that he would. Right, and Jim believed him. Right. Because Charlie was a stand-up guy. Yeah, that's what they say. I don't... He doesn't seem like it to me, but what do I know? Yeah, okay, continue. So there was another incident that Jim told the police about. He says that in 89, Charlie's wife, Terry, um, came to him with some suspicions, came to Jim with suspicions But he just really didn't think that his friend would do anything, so he kind of squashed her suspicions. Um, Terry said that she was actually thinking about calling the police on Charlie because Uh she came home early from work one day and found Charlie in their fish cleaning room covered in, like, excessive amounts of blood and blood all over the room. And when she asked him about it, he said, like, oh, he was just cleaning the fish. But, like, fish don't have as much blood as he had on him. Right. So, of course, she didn't ask him any questions. She was kind of like, I mean, not ignored, but, you know, just kind of like, okay, well, I'm not going to ask the psychopath about why he's covered in blood. <laughs> so, she went to Jim, and Jim's like, well, yeah, it's a fish cleaning room. Of course there's blood. And Terry says, yeah, I know, but, like, there wasn't any fish, number one. And number two, it was, like, excessive amounts of blood. So he's just kind of like, you're crazy, like, no, what are you talking about? And she was like, listen, there was this girl that was found in a rowboat, murdered and mutilated. And I don't know, I just kind of feel like maybe he had something to do with it. 
And Jim says, no, like, you don't need to go to the police. Um, You know, if you do, it's basically a marriage ending situation. If you go to the police and it wasn't Charlie, then your marriage is over. Right. And so Terry's like, you're right. I don't really have anything other than, like, this feeling. Always listen to your gut. Always listen to your gut. But she doesn't. She kind of lets Jim talk her into thinking that, you know, she's kind of being, like, crazy. Over dramatic. You know, typical no. women. Over dramatic. No. No. I hate to tell you, but, like, honestly, I really hate that stereotype right there. Yeah. The women, women are over dramatic. Because I'm going to tell you what. Most of the time, we're really not over dramatic. Most of the time, we're totally chill until y'all push us. Right. Yes. And then we got to lose our shit because that's the only way you listen. Exactly. Children like, that's the issue and I husbands, have. that's what they do. Yeah, they don't understand that. Like, my children, I'm like, don't don't hit each other. Don't hit each other. Don't hit each other. Okay, let's not hit each other. And then I'm like, do not hit each other. And then they listen. Right. And my husband is the exact same way. Right. Can you take the trash out? Hey, babe, do you think you could take the trash out? Babe, do you think you could take the trash out? And then I'm like, Hua! and then the he's like, the trash out. yeah, I don't know why you're so dramatic. I'm like, I've literally asked you 17 times. I told you I'd do it in a minute. Yeah, four hours ago. Why do you have to nag me? Yes, yes. We're not dramatic. You guys just don't freaking listen. Right, exactly. And I also just find it like crazy that Jim was like, oh, no, he wouldn't do that. Like, you're being crazy. When, like, You're so crazy. Jim he would never knows. kill someone after he already killed his mother. Right. Jim knows that he killed his mom. And he's just like, nah, he's fine. Everything's fine. It's all fine. Yeah. Well, it's also crazy, too. Consider- well, women are dramatic. I was going to say it's also, you know, crazy, too, thinking he was married to Angela. Right. And Angela's very vocal about, like, how afraid she was of her brother. Right. So it's not like she's just afraid of him for no reason. But, yeah, I mean, he just thinks women are dramatic. And, like, in recent, I mean, not probably recent, but, like, in later interviews and stuff, like, he talks about, like, how he is really regretful and he should have listened to Terry and he should have taken more precautions and he understands now. But, like, come on, dude. He told you that he would rip someone's heart out and eat it. Like, that is not a normal thing to say. And then his wife came to you that she thought he might have killed somebody. Like, you don't just think those things out of nowhere. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, anyways. So when they were also investigating, they found a planner of Terry's that had like little notes scribbled all in it. Most of the time she just scribbled, um, you know, kind of mundane, useless things like, oh, it was a good day. Went fishing today. Went to lunch with Charlie. Blah, 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 blah. Things like that. But occasionally she wrote some things that pointed kind of towards suspicions of Charlie. Like today was a weird day. Charlie stayed out all night. Um, wrote down, like, what time exactly Charlie got home. Things like that. Yeah. Um, so the police kind of theorized that um, she was getting suspicious of him and that Charlie maybe found out about that, and that's what played into her murder. Right. They haven't linked him to any other murders, though, right? Um, so they have, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I'll let you get to that then. I was not aware of that. It's okay. So they haven't, like, conclusively, like, he hasn't been, like, I mean, he can't be charged because he's dead. But, um right. But they're, like, pretty positive for at least two. Yeah. So, they're pretty sure, obviously, that he is responsible for other murders. But there's not um, a lot of evidence. But they do believe that there are 26 cases that involve decapitation and organ removal together. Which, apparently, is very rare that they're both together. Like, Uh decapitation is pretty normal. And organ removal is normal. But to have them together is rare. Okay. So there's 26 cases in his area that have that. Yeah. So they think that he's probably linked to those, but there's no conclusive evidence. Right. Um, And there's not, like, an official list of who those 26 people are. Like, they haven't really said much about them. They've just said that there's 26 that they believe. 
And then there's two cases that they're like pretty positive was him that they have released. Okay. So in 1989, a young woman named Sherry Parisho was found in a rowboat four blocks from the Brant's home. Mm-hmm. And it was that same murder that Terry was suspicious about. Yeah. So the case there didn't really have a lot to go on, but there was a sketch of a man that was seen on a nearby road the night of the murder, and it looks super similar to Charlie. Okay. So they're pretty sure that one. And then in 1995, um, um, a woman named Darlene Tuller was found on the side of the road, rolled up in a blanket and then a tarp, and she had also been decapitated and her heart was removed. And on her, they found dog hairs. And then later, they also matched those dog hairs to ones they found in Charlie's vehicle. Okay. And then Charlie also kept a pretty detailed record of his mileage that he drove. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. That's super weird to me. But anyways. So, on the day of um, Darlene's murder, he put in an entry in his little journal of 100 miles which was exactly the distance uh, between, like, Big Pine Key, where he lived, and Miami, where Darlene was found, and then back. So they gotcha. believe that both of those he was responsible So for. more than likely he was the culprit of both right. of those murders. Okay. But there's only, like, circumstantial evidence, but they're, like, pretty positive. Right. And the fact that his wife thought that he did it probably also, you know. Right. Yeah, he probably did it. And then there was also a book that came out. Um, I can't remember what it was called. But in that book, they, like, talked about other murders that he had been linked to. And, like, there's a lot of, like, you know, like, Reddit detectives and whatever that have, like, went off of, like, the timelines and, like, everything from, like, the journals and whatever of other murders that he could have done. And they've, like, released all of those. But the families of those victims... Um, aren't really too happy about it, so I didn't include any of those. Gotcha. If you look into, like, those Reddit threads, they're pretty crazy. Like, people, like, linking them. Yeah. To um, certain murders. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, what I have on Charlie Brandt. Oh, okay. I figured maybe you had more, but all right. <laughs> no, that's it. So this is the issue that I have with this, because okay. um, we're going to discuss now. So the problem I have with this is, like, first of all, he should have been get, gotten help. Yes. Like, more than a year. when he killed his mother. Yeah. 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 So that falls on his dad. Um, also, some of that blame also falls on his sister, because, like, yeah, obviously she was 15 when it occurred, but she definitely could have, like, ensured that, you know, like, her sister-in-law was aware of her brother's shady past. Right. I mean, I can see, like, oh, she was afraid. Yeah. I mean, I, I would also be afraid. That would be terrifying. Um, I just can't imagine, like, not telling Terry. Right. Like, I mean. Myself. At this <laughs> point, your relationship with your brother most likely is already destroyed. Right. Like, there's no way they have a good relationship. Right. So, let's protect other people. Right. No, I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It also kind of makes me think of, like, that trend that's going around, like, on TikTok right now. What? Of, like, intrusive thoughts. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Where people will post, like, the intrusive thoughts that they have, and people are like, intrusive thoughts are totally normal, blah, 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 blah. There's a difference between, like, intrusive thoughts that are normal and then, like, these type of intrusive thoughts because it kind of makes me think like perhaps when he was 13 like that's he had like that's what he you know thought like he had an intrusive thought and he acted on it right but like also angela had said that like his eyes were like glossy and like he was like in a haze and then all of a sudden he snapped out of it so like clearly yeah, but then all of the psychiatrists said he was completely fine yeah but i just feel like there was clearly something wrong i don't know yeah, I mean, maybe it was an intrusive thought, but that's a Okay, but like this thing this is the thing though. Like if you go on TikTok, you see all these people and they're like talking about these intrusive thoughts they that they have. And I'm sorry, they're not normal. Intrusive thoughts are normal, yes. But when you're talking about 
some of the thoughts that they're saying that they're having, like those are not normal. Like you have people literally on TikTok who are really talking about they have intrusive thoughts of like sexually assaulting children and um, like killing people. And like that's actually not normal. I also do have intrusive thoughts 100%. And sometimes I act on them. My kind of intrusive thought is that time I snapped the hairbrush in half. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like those are normal intrusive thoughts where where you think something and you're like, it's really dumb. I shouldn't do it or like it's wrong and I shouldn't do it. But then like you have the urge to do it anyway. Right. Once in a while, I might like be sitting next to my husband on the couch. And I just have the urge to like bite his arm. Right. Yeah. Like that's a normal intrusive thought. But you know a big intrusive thought that I always have? What? So my car is pushed to start, right? Yeah. So when I'm going 75 on the interstate, I really just want to <laughs> shut my car off and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, no. Like I just want to every – Every time I look at that button, I'm like, what would happen if I just press it? And I know it would be bad, and I know most likely my car would blow up. But, like, I just want to do it anyways. No. Don't do that, please. And it's been since I've had my car that I bought in 2019. Like, it's been a long time, and I just want to press the button so bad. No, don't do that, please. Well, I mean, I'm not going to. I have not acted on the intrusive thought, but sometimes. No, but, I mean, like, intrusive thoughts are normal to an extent. But, like, when you talk about, like wanting to harm other people like that that's you need to talk to someone yeah no i agree 100 percent. mental health is very important seeing a therapist is honestly i mean i know a lot of people say like therapy is expensive and you know what though i think it's worth i've it. been to therapy and it's worth it and it is expensive sometimes but it's something that you kind of just have to deal with right no i agree 100 and you just have to work with i mean i 100 percent understand it like i my husband and I went to marriage counseling. Um, I also put my oldest child in therapy for issues that she had. Not those kinds of issues, thankfully. But, like, she had some, you know, separation anxiety, um, a lot of anxiety. She dealt with fears of just, like, irrational fears, honestly, was really what started it. Like, she was concerned that I was going to take her to school and, like, never pick her back up. And I was like, oh, that would never happen. And she's like, but what if, what if you got in a car accident on your way there? Um, and at that point, like, I'd never been in a car accident to her knowledge. Um, I mean, I had been prior, but, like, she didn't know about that. Right. So, like, it wasn't it wasn't a rational fear. Like, she had no reason to fear that. Um, and it was, like, hindering her life. So I dealt with it. And I had to take her to counseling once a week. And in the beginning, it was fine because insurance paid for it. But then it didn't. Right, because that's another problem that um, we have in America is that insurance doesn't like to pay for mental health. No, because they just think that we're just supposed to suck it up, buttercup. They'll pay for it for a while, and then they're like, okay, you're good now. Like, sorry, but Yep, you're no. good. You're, like, you're healed. A, you don't just get healed. That's not how that works. Like, it's a lifelong thing. Right. Most of the time. But, like, this is 100% a case of mental health not being taken care of. Yes. Yes. Like, Regardless you know, of whether wrong. it was intrusive thoughts, whether it was uh bipolar disorder whether it was schizophrenia whether it was i mean honestly it could be a whole slew of things fugue states yeah could have been something like that you know like one tree hill yeah 100 percent um but uh, i don't know i just hate it like when these kinds of cases happen and i when you told me you were doing um charlie brand i was like i don't even know who that is but then the moment you said hanging by the bedsheet i was like oh yeah i know it was an awful case i don't know why i chose. I don't know why i even did it i don't know why i don't know either it is awful and it's was completely avoidable yes 100 percent. and michelle never should have been put in that situation no she should have known at all i think yeah, 100%, because she would not, I don't think she would have allowed him into her home, and she probably wouldn't have been as close to him. No. And I still don't think Terry knew. No, I don't think Terry knew at all. I don't think that Terry would put other people's lives in jeopardy if she knew. No. Like, the full story of, like, what had actually happened. Right. Like, maybe, like you said, she knew to an extent, but not what really happened. I don't know. That's the thing, though, about those deep family secrets. They're no good for anybody. No. They're all they do is cause problems. Yeah, no, I hate that. Yeah, really, really horrible time. Yeah, well, thanks for that. I really appreciate uh, that since it's, you know, now time for me to go to bed. You're welcome. I don't have to think about a serial killer cutting people's heads off. 
It makes it a little. It doesn't matter, Ashley. He's gone, but for every serial killer that's gone, there's another one to replace him. Okay, well, let's not think about it that way, Sierra. Well, it's a fact of life, and we just have to deal with that. Yeah, I know. I mean, unfortunately, there are bad people everywhere. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I had to have this conversation with my children just the other day. There's bad people everywhere because they're children, and they shouldn't have to know that, but unfortunately, they do. We were actually just talking about that today on our walk in the park. We were. Yep. See, we were talking about it at the park. Why? Because we were at our local park, and our local park has a dog park who is dedicated to a officer who was shot and killed in the line of duty, and I had to explain to my children why there was a dog park dedicated to this officer, and they couldn't understand why. What? Why did someone kill him? And I'm like, well, because they were a bad guy. Well, then what happened to them? Well, then they killed themselves. Well, why did they kill themselves? Because sometimes bad people do that. Right. But why? But why? But why? Right. I and I mean, it's, I don't know. I wish I knew. That's why uh, true crime is so fascinating. Yeah, definitely. That's because a, why? There's never a why. There's never a good why. No, never. <sighs> on a happy note, yep. though, oh, yeah. that's another um, thing going on in our lives. Our answer here. And we had a wonderful time today having a picnic and a walk through the park. We did. We did have a lovely time. And I'm going to have a lovely time with them tomorrow. We're at work. I know. I'm really sad that I have to work all week while they're here. Well, you could have taken the time off, but you didn't wish to. So, <laughs> Because I didn't really know about it until a couple weeks ago. And then it was too late. Mm, I think it's just because you don't listen. Because I've known for quite some time they were coming. I mean, I knew they were coming, but I didn't know the exact dates. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you can leave work early tomorrow. Yeah, I probably will. I'm going to try anyways. I don't know. Tomorrow's an office day anyway. Just go in and actually work instead of shopping on Amazon like you normally do. I actually have a busy day tomorrow. I have four assessments. Okay, how long does that take? Um, the, Well, they take an hour per person, like in front of them, and then they take an hour and a half of documentation for each one, so. Oh. Yeah. But, mm. you know, me and Jenny will be together splitting it, so. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully, I can All right, well. Early. We'll see. We'll see. And then also, right. is Eli going to be there? I don't know. You said also you're busy as what? I said also, is Eli going to be there? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what your coworker's schedules are. Well, he has pink eye, remember? Mm, I had no idea that your coworker had pink eye. Am I supposed to edit this out of the podcast? Oh, I mean, I don't know. He doesn't listen to it anyway, so I don't think it really matters. <laughs> okay, well, no, I had no idea that your coworker had pink eye. You can just like, blank his name out. Yeah, I had no idea. I don't know that I can beep his name out because I don't have my beep since my computer's broken. Okay, well. My beep is saved on my other computer, or like on my computer. Okay, well. Yeah, no, I had no idea your coworker had pink eyes, so. Yes, my coworker was not there on Monday. I told you my day on Monday was not good, and you wanted to know why. Because we were down a person. Because I'm what? I said we were down a person because he had pink eye. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I probably honestly didn't listen to you when you told me that, though. Oh, thank you. Most of the time when I ask you how your day is and it's not good and you like go on and on and on, I just kind of tune you out. I didn't go on and on. I said we were down a person because they have pink eye. So it was a lot of work. That's all I said. Hmm. Yeah, I don't recall that taking place at all, so I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Thanks for listening to me. Maybe I was watching TikToks. <laughs> Probably. Hmm. I don't know. That's Yeah, I don't recall that at all. Hmm. Well, hopefully he'll be there. But anyways, it doesn't matter. All right. Well, I appreciate this, and um, yeah, I'm going to go try to edit this and go to sleep, so I probably won't be able to sleep tonight. I hope you can. Probably not. Oh, I'm sorry. That's why we should record in the morning. Well, now that we have a podcasting room, maybe we can. Yeah, maybe. That would be nice. Or at least, like, earlier in the day, so it's not right before we go to sleep. Right, yeah, that's a big problem I have. I mean, our hope is now that we can have a podcasting room. First of all, we have to find a desk. Or a table of some sort, which is proving to be more difficult than I thought, since nobody on Facebook Marketplace will respond to us. Yeah, so if you have a desk or a table that you want to sell or give to us, we'll take it. Nobody's local enough to do that. Well, we might have one. I doubt it. Um, and then we also have to buy a audio interface. Yeah, that is true. In order to record in person. And then we so. have to learn how to use the audio interface. It's pretty easy. They're plug-in, though. We'll see. So. You know what I was thinking about, though? What? 
you were like, oh, can we wait until Thursday? Do we not have enough money in the chime to buy the audio interface? Oh, I don't know. I think we probably do. I think we probably have enough money for our Patreons. Our Patreons, the real MVPs. My phone um, died, Who so. support us. Well, we can check and see, but I think there's probably enough money in the chime. Or maybe close to it anyways. Yeah. So we could use that and then just pay the difference. But anyway. All right. Well, let's hop off here because I got to edit and this recording is already an hour long. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to let the let the sweet people go, and we'll catch you on the flip side next week when we cover a whole new case, and it will be my turn, and I'm going to be as surprised as you are because I have no idea what I'm going to do. Oh, you'll figure it out. I sure will. I'm going to probably research it tomorrow. Okay. Sounds good to me. So on that note, uh, we will catch you next week. All right. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, if you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked, where you can join one of our four amazing tiers, starting at just a measly $3 a month, that's literally 10 cents a day, you can join the slightly wicked. After that, we've got the moderately wicked for just $5 a month, followed by the awesomely wicked for $7 a month. And for those high rollers, big ballers, we have the extraordinarily good. So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, join it up. If subscriptions aren't your jam, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time, and you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. Wicked. for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.